You're listening to the Fantasy on Tap podcast. Y'all ready for this? A podcast where three dudes talk about fantasy football and beer. Here is your host, Nate McAllister. Hello, fantasy football community, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the F to the O to the T. I'm your host, Nate McAllister, and I got some boys today, not both the boys, got two boys, but not the usual boys. I got James, the boogie man, Borges. James, how you doing, brother? Yo, 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 yo. I'm just here to represent for the F to the O to the T. You know me. Let's get it, Nate. Let's get it. There you go. And then we got a special guest. I got Mehmet from the Across the Pond podcast. Mehmet, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, very late, but I'm surviving. We've got a few drinks here and I'm ready to talk about some football and uh yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. There we go, man. I'm ready to talk about some football as well. Um we have a very good episode for you guys today. We're just gonna talk about a little bit of football news and talk to Mehmet and uh how they watch football across the pond. We have some questions for him. Um but before we get into all of that, you know how we do. We gotta talk about them drink. So Fellas, what did you bring to the mic today? Go ahead, Mehmet. What did you bring to the mic? Okay, so we have a half-drinking uh, McDonald's drink here. So we'll, we'll continue that throughout the podcast. But I've got uh, three drinks. I've got these pear ciders, which are very cheap. If you live in England, you can get drinks very easily because we love our alcohol. And these were about, you know, $2 for like a pack of four. So very cheap. and uh, they get you drunk nice and quick. And also I bought along a good a trusty friend. You can have this at any Jägermeister. You can have this at any club um, for a quick shot at the start. I was going to host a little little shot. And uh, whenever you want me to get into that, I'll, I'll host one of them. Because I do like this. It tastes like German cough syrup. And uh, I'm ready to down a few. That's what's up. <laughs> there we go. We just toss, toss some shots up can there. I, James, I, what do you got? Can I ask you a quick question? What is hosting a shot? I've never heard that term before. Hosting a shot? Mm, yeah, what does that mean? Just just you get one, you take a toast, and you just go. It's just a normal shot. You just put in a shot up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think Americans just like we got it. chopped it up. They just say shot, 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 shot. The song would be a lot different if it was like host, a host, a host, a shot, shot, host, shot. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Enough about that Jaeger-Meifer. We we have Jaeger bombs here in the U.S. You love Jaeger. Come on. Man. I, I love, used to drink Jaeger I have time. a bottle of Jaeger. As a matter of fact, when I think, you go to host a shot, to go, yeah. I'm going to go grab my bottle of Jaeger and we're going to host a motherfucking shot. Together, Shots the boy from California and the boy from Nottingham, England. But anyways, moving on. The beer I brought to the shot uh, to the show today is called <laughs> Infinite Horizons, in collaboration with Resident Brewing Co. It is made by Moxa Brewing Company, which is a local brewery here in Rockland, California. I made a little trip over on Friday as soon as I got off of work. Had a couple of the beers. The first one that I had was Juice Traveler, which was absolutely amazing. I think that's the best one out of all the beers that I had. And then uh, I had a pint of Scattered Glow, which also was very delicious. 
And then um, talking to one of the bartenders, uh, I let him know that I was buying a four pack of Infinite Horizons to feature on the show. He actually hooked me up with some um, some some barrel aged stout, which was very very delicious. He described it. He was like, "This thing's gonna taste like a slice of chocolate cake." It was stronger than that, <laughs> with a little hint of alcohol. But enough about those other beers. Time to get on to this Infinite Horizon. I had Woo! one of those barrel aged stouts before. Um, those things are freaking strong, man. I'll they're bust fucking, you up. They're fucking stronger than a defensive lineman. Let me get a little sip of this. <laughs> Mehmet, what do you think about that? Uh, do you buy any chance those drinks that you... Uh... Oh, no. Oh, no. You might have to sell that off soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Oh uh, man, this beer is absolutely delicious. It's a high, it's a hazy IPA, six point seven ABV. Um, it has a little bit more bite than maybe that I would like, but it's one of those when you taste the bite, you know it's going to get the job done. It's going to jack you up, and that's what I'm all about. I'm I'm all about getting tore up from the floor up. So this beer is going to get the job done. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love Moxa. Time to represent some of the local breweries. Go out and get you some. Or actually, you can't. You can't go out and get any unless you're here locally. So if you need some, if you want some, hit up your boy, Boogeyman Borges, and uh, I'll see what I can do for you. Take him out. There we go. Hit him on any of our uh, Twitter. He goes He goes after that. It's uh, tap underscore fantasy. Yeah, little plug there. Uh, I got a uh, – this one's called the Revisions Brewing Company. Um, it's their hazy life. Um, I really like the can on this little bad boy it has like a yak or something on there. He's uh he's drinking, he's having fun, like a little Rastafarian look. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Yakety yak, um, don't come back. There we go. And then we'll give it a little crack. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Smells delicious. Let's see. Dude, that's good. That's so smooth. It is a delicious. Um, I had a revision before. I think I still have. Oh yeah, there it is. It was uh, I think cars and our hops in a can. Um, that one was really good, but this one's better. Uh, so my for my second revision I've ever had. Very happy with this. I, this is a delicious uh, beer. Um, man, it's uh, they're out of. Where are these guys out of? I think they're local. It's a California one. I think. Actually, I don't see it on here. Oh, but it is a New England style IPA. So there you go for leading into a little bit of Mehmet. Mehmet is a, a New England Patriots fan, right? So uh, tell us, tell us a little bit how you became mm-hmm. a New England Patriots fan, and maybe a little bit about your pod. What do you got going on uh, over there? Yeah, well, New England Patriots fan. Funny enough, I actually came across it because uh, of Family Guy, uh, Tom Brady's like feature episode that got me dragged in, and I just followed the Patriots since. Um, no thumbs down for the Patriots all thumbs up uh, better future ahead as well um, but on our podcast we interview people I guess and make weekly podcasts um, just talking football talking shit uh, every week uh, we have we have draft prospect coming on last week we've got some presenters coming on FCFL and it's just talking sports talking football and just sharing our love passion from over here on the pond and uh yeah, I just enjoy I just enjoy talking football. What, I, you know what? Hands up! 
It is the best sport. Okay. I don't care. I'm over here in the UK. I don't care if you like soccer. Like I understand soccer's got, I think soccer's got the better atmosphere, but in terms of sport, the NFL uh, football just completely blows it out of the water. So, um, yeah, I'm a fan and I'm a fan to stay. We keep it rolling. There we go, buddy, man. Uh, but uh, did, did you just say hands up? Was your response? Did you say the saying was hands up or is that something that's different? Cause I hands thought the saying here is like hands down the best sport in the, you know, hands uh, up. I go, huh. hands up. I'm going to have yeah. to look at the, the origins. We're a little bit opposite, and, and huh? before this podcast started, I had a question, my guy over here, because if you're from England, how in the hell are you a Patriots fan? The, pa- the Patriots are the ones who whooped New England's ass, took all their tea, threw it out into the ocean, and now this guy has traded. He's a traitor amongst his local men, and he has joined the Patriots. Well, I mean... I feel like the Patriots you're talking about and these Patriots a little bit different. I didn't see Tom Brady chucking tea off the Boston Harbor. So, um, you know, we forgave them. <laughs> Time has passed and we're okay. So, um, uh, and I mean, you can't complain when they've got six championships under them, can't you really? I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to, it's tough to, to complain against the team. I mean, they do have six like my Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, James, I mean, you guys are almost there. You might get there in about 50 years. You're at what, five? You get 50 more years, you might get those Cowboys up to six. Hey, I no. liked them when I was a little boy, and I still like them now. I'm not a traitor. Like we go. the Patriots were to England. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Uh, about it? I wouldn't that? be surprised if Jerry Jones was uh, a Patriot originally. I mean, that guy is donkey's years old. I don't know how he's still kicking it. I don't know how he's still <laughs> kicking it. It's called lots and lots of money. Lots of money. <laughs> James, what other questions did you have for old Mehmet? Yeah, you told me some that you're uh, you're like foaming at the mouth, ready to ask him all these questions. Mehmet, um, one of the questions I had yes. is what what do you guys eat? What is a typical like game day over here? We order pizza, we have wings, mm-hmm. we barbecue. What is a game day food? What is the main game day food when you're watching a game? Oh, for me. I so on Sundays a typical English thing to do, uh, British thing to do is a thing called Sunday dinner, and I'm sure Americans probably have their alternative. It's like beef, chicken, uh, or sometimes pork, gammon, just depending on who you are, what kind of person you are, what kind of family you are, and it's usually followed by like a vegetables, mash, gravies, and all of that thing. Not the biscuit gravies that you guys put on. This is like a a uh, I don't know what I don't know what you call it, but we call it gravy over here. You put it on like vegetables and meats, and um, so if I'm not eating that, because roughly the time the games start, I mean dinner's ready. So I'll probably eat like in the second quarter. But I do like to go special when it comes to the Super Bowl and it comes to weekend games. So weekend games, it's always a McDonald's because it's open. It's the only thing open at that time. And uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl, we go to our local uh, burger shack. We hit up like platters. We hit up burgers on a lot of alcohol. And uh, that's what I'm eating on the game day. <laughs> so do you have a uh, – is there a big audience for the NFL over there? Or is it, um, you know, you have yeah. to kind of scrounge up some of your pals that are uh, no, fellow, no, no. fellow football fans? No, no, a huge audience over here, a very huge audience. Uh, we have football teams over here. We have junior level. We have flag football. Uh, we have like the under juniors. So we're talking like 
12 year olds, 14 year olds, and we've got like 16 to 20 year old teams. Then we've got adult teams. Um, the, the love for the game in the UK is a scene where once you discover it, you realize just how big the scene is and how many people are into it. And you're like, oh shit, I'm not the only person who watches this game. And especially if you join a football club, that's where you understand because everyone there knows about football, enjoys football, and also wants to play it. So, um, if you're going to like get into the football scene, you realize just how many people there is. And there's a lot of support and love for the game over here. It's just one of those things where if you're not around it, you won't feel it. How long do you think that's been going on? Like, cause I'd like to know when maybe the transition will happen where you'll start to see, um, people from over there start getting drafted. You know, you don't, I, I know that there's like rugby players that get tra- or transitioned and things like that, but I never see any of these guys entering the draft. So like, do you think, uh, do you think eventually uh, football gets big enough where people can maybe start getting into the draft and, you know, coming over that way? Yeah, shout out the NFL Academy over here in the UK doing a great job. They've uh, linked up with people like OBJ. Uh, I think um, Juju Smith-Schuster came down. And what they're doing is they're getting kids who are athletic from Europe and the UK. And they're literally teaching them academics, teaching them the game. They have their own like stadium training facilities. They basically run it like it's a, a D1 college where you have like academics and you have like football learning and they go down in London um, and their eventual goal is to try and get some people into the draft. Uh, so I know that program's going on. And also there's quite a lot of people who are getting picked up by high schools and are then going into D1 uh, teams and then potentially looking to get drafted there. I know wide receiver who's doing doing that right now and he's just got uh, his D1 offers and he's accepted it and he's off to a D1 college as a wide receiver coming out of the UK so uh, and but we play a lot in Europe actually a lot of our players go to Europe and play professionally over there or semi-professionally actually uh, so I feel like once people discover it more and take it more seriously especially with like the academy it's going to go up and we will see more people in the league just wait for it because there are a lot, there's a lot of talent over here all right, Mehmet, I got a question for you. What are the major teams over here? So, you know, over here, you know, you have America's team, you have the Dallas Cowboys, they're pretty popular. The Steelers <laughs> got a pretty big following. But in England itself, you know, I asked you before the show started, I thought the Jaguars would be pretty big just because they play in Wembley Stadium every year. And, and Shad Khan, he, he eventually, they talk about maybe moving the Jaguars to England. What are the major teams yeah. over there? Who Who's rooting for who? So the major teams, what we, what from what you said, the Jaguars is one of them. They actually have some academies down here. They uh, they work with some kids. So the Jaguars are a, bit, a big one. Uh, the Dolphins, they were hitting it quite hard. Uh, but there was recently a study done uh, not too long ago. And I know the Patriots are up there as well. So I think it goes between like the Jags, Dolphins and the Patriots. They're like some of the biggest teams. And then, a lot of the people who were originally following the game, I'm talking like in the 80s, a lot of them were like Cowboys, Chicago Bears. So I think it depends on when people get into it and what teams are biggest at the time. So I bet we'll see a lot more people supporting the Chiefs in the next upcoming years if they continue to do well. So it sort of goes in phases of when you got into the game. And um, yeah, but if you're talking about the last couple of years, it's definitely the Jags and the Dolphins. They, they've been like the main ones. Yeah, That's- that's pretty dope, man. Um, is there any random rivalries that you guys have going on? Is there any major rivalries that are outside of divisions or outside of conferences over there? Nah, nah, nah. It's the only like rivalry sort of thing I face is just it's purely between friends. Even say, for example, if one of my friends supports a team in the NFC, 
could be the Giants, for example. We'd still have beef there just because we're friends and we support the game and there's always going to be that rivalry. So the rivalry comes from just your friends and if they support someone that you don't support, you've got to, you've got to give them shit about it and you've got to fuck them off about it. That's just how it goes. There's no specialty. So my friend's a Dolphins fan uh, who does a podcast with me. So we go head to head, always talking shit about the Dolphins. I, I'm definitely going to start using that term. I'm going to start fucking people off. Um, no matter uh, what team they support. But it's the same thing here in the States. Nate's a Steelers fan. Our other guy that's usually on, he's a Broncos fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. We're not in the same division. Those two are in different conferences. Yeah. But if it's not the Cowboys, fuck them all is how I feel. And, it, and that's what it sounds yeah. like. Uh, it's going on down over in England. Yeah, uh, exactly. My last question for you, man. That's my last one. I don't know if James has another one for you. Uh, but mm. the... Uh, like it's pretty tough i imagine with the time difference to uh, watch some of those games like especially you know sunday night games i imagine nobody's watching those no viewership um do you stay up for those games or only if the patriots are playing oh no i'll stay up i'll stay up um i just love football in general and if the game's on i'm staying up and watching it at monday night football games uh are quite good. Sunday night football games are quite good, but when it gets Thursday night football games, there's my only exception because there are some absolutely dog shit some, uh, Thursday night football games, and I just think it'll be like uh fucking losing team going up against another losing team, and I'm like, there's no way I'm staying up for an extra, you know, five hours watching this crap. There's no significance. So if it's that bad, I will say, yeah, no, I'm not going to watch it. But the majority of the time, even if they are some shit teams, especially Sunday and Monday night football. I'll stay up for that. I, I just enjoy football. So it don't matter who's on the field unless they are like dog shit. Then I just then I just can't be bothered with, with dealing with them. Well then I'll watch whatever comes on. I actually kind of lied to you, Mehmet. Uh I had one more. Uh I know you're the last time we talked and I was on your show, um, you were not into fantasy. Mm-hmm. Had did you join a fantasy league yet or what what's going on with that? Okay, so I did with a bunch of other podcasters, uh, and I didn't do too bad, and then I joined another one. Um, I've got a friend over in the States, and him and a bunch of his friends play. I jumped in on that. Uh, I got, I did quite well on both of them, but I got fucked over in one of them where I could have done much better. I had the most points scored, but I had the most points scored against every fucking player. I, I looked... You check whenever they play, whenever they play, they're dropping like 50, 60, some dog shit. They play me 140, 160 every time. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I like it. But if they're going to keep dropping bombs on me, I can't be having this. And I, that upset me because I could have went to the, I could have went to the ship, maybe even won it. And I was talking a lot of smack, especially coming from the UK, but they, they got me there. They, they, all their teams grew better than me when it comes to scoring. I just couldn't highest, the most points scored. And then the most points scored against. So it was, it was a real uh, backbreaker on that one. <laughs> Those are rough, man. Those are rough times. Sounds sounds like somebody uh-huh. I know that's on this show that might be talking to you right now. He says kind of the same thing. I scored the most points. Oh, shit. I did. My In our league, our biggest league, I scored the most points. I was the highest scorer in the league. Uh, my team Welcome just... to fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Welcome to fantasy, basically, man. It's tough. That's tough He's- breaks. Can you still find your team? Oh shit! Sorry. Can you still find your your team from last season? Is it still going to be on the app? Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, Mine was the worst. Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let me let me tell you let me tell you my teams 
that I had going into my last game. And, and tell me if you think I drafted well. If you guys on the experts, tell me if you think I drafted well. Let's hear, I, Let's hear this shit. So on my first one, I had uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, there was a lot of injuries towards the end, so you can some of these players were a replacement. Uh, Mike Davis, Aaron Jones, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Mike Jacecki, Tyler Boyd, Jason Sanders, and the Chiefs defense. I also had Frank Gore, which was a injury pickup like towards the end. I had Chase Claypool, Julio Jones, and the Eagles. Julio was fucking injured every single week. And then I also had on my other one, uh, Russell Wilson, Ezekiel Elliott, and my other running back got injured. But I also picked up Lamar Jackson and uh, Patrick Mahomes at the start of the season. So that was a big, big dub. Uh, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, Keenan Allen, Chris Boswell on the Chiefs defense again. I also had Cam Akers, uh, C.D. Lamb, Adam Thielen, Jason Smith, and the Eagles defense as a backup, just in case everything went shit up. So, how was the team? How how did I draft for like my first year taking it actually seriously from the boys themselves? Critique me all you want. That second team for sure uh, was the uh, the better of the two teams, but that second team was legit. Um, that was the one that I'm guessing is the one that scored the most points and didn't make the make the championship. Nope. But um, yeah, the first team was all right. Just lacked the lacked maybe a little bit of depth, I would think. But it was uh it wasn't too bad. James, did you have any uh, thoughts on either of those two teams? Mm, the common denominator to me that I didn't like was Lamar Jackson. Bro, I hope you were listening to our show last year because we would have told well, you I not to take Lamar that. Lamar Jackson local. and Patrick um, but- well, I'm going to tell you something right now. You straight up worked whoever was in that league because if you can yeah. pick, up, pick up Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, then you're probably in a league where guys don't know what the hell they're doing. And as a matter of fact, can I get an invite to that league? Because I'd like to come <laughs> to that league and straight dominate some fools. Um, but uh, that's the thing about fantasy is if this was your first year, it's a learning experience. And the thing that I like about it is that you probably paid attention to a lot of teams that you didn't even care about before. And it got you recognizing and just interpreting it in a, in a whole different way and looking at stats and looking at different players that got you even dive deeper into the NFL, which makes me excited because you're in a completely different country. And this is my favorite sport and I love to see it grow. So it makes me happy just to even hear you say that you were involved in fantasy football and that you're in, in, involved in football in general. So either way, mm. it's a win for me. I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for the game. So it makes me happy, bro. I'm glad. I'm glad I can make you happy. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mehmet, Mehmet Smith. <laughs> I already gave him his name. His name is Mehmet Smith, one of there the top go. three broadcasters of all time. But before we move on, Mehmet, I had one more question for you. What go was ahead, your first memory of football that you could remember? Okay, so I have two. One of them is more of a memory where I realized uh, about American football, and that was when I was doing a project on the Vikings, obviously the the brutes that were in uh, like Denmark area back in whatever hundreds or whatever the, where the, they were they were roaming the seas on. So uh, I would typed in Vikings, clicked images to get on my little PowerPoint when I was like 11. And I was like, oh shit, there's an NFL team uh, called the Vikings. And then I didn't hear anything about it. And then actually I was going to Belgium, had to wake up at 4 a.m. to take a coach there. And it was the Eagles playing at uh, Lincoln. 
and the referee ran onto the field and called a flag. It was in the fourth quarter and then I had to leave. And that's sort of what started getting me into football and giving me that life. So just seeing that referee talk on the TV, I was like, that's quite interesting. And uh, it started to boost my uh, interest in the game. And then when I saw Tom Brady and stuff, I, I did a bit more research and that's when it. That's when I spiraled into the addictive loop. I might as well put a belt around my arm, tap my wrist, because as soon as I got into that situation, it was it was lights out, and now I'm stuck in it. There you go. Football compared to heroin, man, bro. Nate, I'm gonna ask you the same question. What was your first uh, memory of football? Shit. Um, I don't know the exact memory, but I remember that I actually hated it. Um, it was something that I dreaded every single week. Um, my dad and my uncle Richard, uh, he, they would watch Monday night football every week. And I would just remember I was probably, I had to been like six years old or something like that. And I didn't want to watch football. That's not what I wanted to watch on Monday night. So I just remember playing in my room and knowing that they were going to be out there the entire time, kind of, uh, I don't know, screwing that stuff up for me. So, um, I actually didn't like it. Now my first actual memory um, that I can like really, really recall, uh, now because all those memories when like before you're like 10 kind of get mashed together. Um, I remember the 1995 Super Bowl when the Steelers lost to the Cowboys. Actually, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, no. I remember something before that. Um, I remember, um, it was 1994, um, and the Steelers lost to the, the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. Uh, that was to go to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. I remember that game. So um, <clears throat> a lot of playoff stuff. I remember a lot of those old Steeler uh, New England battles in the like the in the uh, playoffs, which uh, Steelers would pretty much get murked every single time. So um, not very many fond memories of those Patriots, but uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of football memories though. Man, over the years, I've been watching it for a very long time. Anybody going to ask me? Oh, no, I didn't really. No. <laughs> James, what was your uh, first football memory? What did you... Uh... My first football memory was at my grandma's house. She had one of those old-ass TVs that looked like a giant stereo, like super old TV. And my uncle was a hardcore Raiders fan. And I must have been like five years old. And he had the game on. And the Raiders were playing the Seahawks. And I remember seeing the Seahawks old helmet and to me it looked like it was a giant eyeball and my uncle was super into it and I was like playing haphazardly like watching the game and I remember asking him what is that on the side of their helmet is that a eyeball and he said no that's a Seahawk and I remember asking him what the hell is a Seahawk that's Still, all I, I don't know what a Seahawk is <laughs> and that's all I remember but the first time I was excited about the game was the 95 Super Bowl Cowboys versus the Bills. And, uh, my dad was, my dad is a betting fool. He always bets on whoever's winning. And at the time, the Cowboys were the hot team. And, uh, he, he ordered Domino's pizza for the Super Bowl and they would give you this styrofoam football with with a large pizza or something. And I remember he paid extra. So me and my sister, my sister would have a football and I would have a football. And I just remember thinking to myself, what the hell is a football? And everyone at the party was screaming and was kind of going back and forth. And, and I was like, 
what is going on? I'm super excited. And they're like, there's two teams that are playing. And I was like, I want a team. And they were like, okay, we'll pick one. The Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys. I had no idea what the fuck a Bill was when I was a kid. But I knew what a Cowboy was. And I knew what a star was. So when I was six years old, I picked the Cowboys. And I've been stuck with them better for worse. Mostly worst um, since then. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's the story. That's my football story right there. It's a pretty good one. It's a cute story. Makes me tear up a little bit right here. <laughs> I highly not, doubt that shit. Not not quiet. I'm not fucking tearing up. No. All right. Enough about these heartfelt stories. We're gonna move on to some um, some actual NFL stuff, some fantasy football stuff. I know, Mehmet, you are not um, the fantasy football guru, and that's what our basis of our show is. Um, but I mean, we still get some insight out of it. It's gonna be a fun conversation. We got four four topics we're oh, gonna talk cool. about. We oh, like shit. to call this the uh, four pack for all you tall boys and tall girls out there. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring this in. So, uh, first question. I, I mean, first uh, thing that's happened that's kind of big in the NFL right now. JJ Watt signed with the Arizona Cardinals. That was a sleeper team for me. I did not see that coming. I was thinking somewhere like the Browns, maybe the Billies. Um, I thought those would be great landing spots. But he lands on the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals. They the more I think about it the better it even looks because they they have the uh, young Isaiah Simmons. They have Buda Baker. They have the already beast mode Chandler Jones. Um, and now they add J.J. Watt. Um, I saw a stat out there. Since 2012, the two individuals with the most sacks since 2012 are Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. So um, they're pairing those guys up on the ends. Uh, it is a fantastic duo with some young people in the back. Very good quarterback. Some um, talented offensive pieces. Fellas, how do you like this move by the Arizona Cardinals? We'll start off with the guest. Mehmet, what do you think about this move? I like the move. Okay, so in terms of the Cardinals, I like the move. They've gone out. They've got a player. Uh, I like to describe it as an X-Factor player can change your game, right? Like, uh, I don't know if you're playing Madden, but you have the X-Factor modes. And once they hit that X-Factor mode, they just switch on. They're unstoppable, right? So... JJ Watt, he is one of those X-Factor players if he can stay healthy for me. Um, my only issue is I don't like this move in regards to JJ's personal career. I think that if he was going to go to a team at where he is now, and I think personally he should be chasing a ring, and I feel like he's made a good choice in taking the Cardinals. Like They're not an awful team, but I don't feel like they're the team that are going to put you in the best position to win a ring. Like, win that ring you're gonna have to still fight you might have some slip-ups um i think for me jj watt should have went to a team where he can excel in terms of getting that's all i want to see him with that's all i want to see him is win a championship i don't he's got enough money right all the subway commercials are probably paid off i bet you he's going to get a, a peloton commercial after all that drama today um he's he can get the money i just want to see him out there i want to see him with a ring and i don't know if the Cardinals will be able to secure that in the next couple of years if they uh, decide they're going to keep him on. Maybe after that, maybe the chance is there. But I don't feel like they're the team that are threatening for that Super Bowl run dash position. It, personal opinion. But I feel like he should have went for that ring rather than the paycheck, which I feel like he's he's altered towards. Yeah. Man, no, what, what, I, I love your response there. Um 
I'm going to say one name, and I think it's DeAndre Hopkins. And I think DeAndre called his boy up and said, hey, bro, we got something special brewing over here. Um, and, and come be with your brother. Come, come, come with your brother to the Arizona Cardinals, and let's do something special over here. I like the contract from his end and the Cardinals' end. It's like two years, 20-something million. Um, they're not too dedicated. They only have two years on the block. He's not too de- dedicated because – He's towards the end of his career. But I, I agree with Mehmet here. Um, I didn't understand going to the Arizona Cardinals. You got the Seattle Seahawks, who are going to be tough every single year with Russell Wilson. Um, you're going to have the 49ers, who are going to be bouncing back with Joey Boza and the rest of their defensive line getting healthy. You got the Rams, who had the number one defense last year. Um, and then they go out and make the huge trade uh, for the quarterback. And in my opinion, it's the toughest division to be in. So in terms of him signing there, I thought maybe, okay, maybe he goes to the Cardinals because it's a short travel from Houston and he wants to keep his home in Houston. So he wants a short travel to Arizona. Or it has to be the DeAndre Hopkins thing because he definitely didn't, like you said, take the economical contract to go win a Super Bowl. I personally wanted him to take a huge pay cut and either go to the Rams so you could play alongside Aaron Donald and form like the baddest defensive line of all time or take the huge pay cut and go to the Buccaneers and reload that team and let's make another run at the Super Bowl. Instead, he goes to the Cardinals, which was something I didn't even have on my radar whatsoever. And personally, I think they just need a lot of help. They need help in the back end at cornerback and and safety and their offensive line is all in shambles. Um, I mean, they've got an aging wide receiver core. They need a running back. They have so many question marks at a lot of different positions. I think he definitely could have went to a different team and chased a ring. I think this most mostly has to do with like a family, defi- uh, a family decision and familiarity with someone like DeAndre Hopkins personally. No, I like everything that you guys were kind of talking about there. I love the landing spot though in Arizona. I think it's going to be a difficult, um, a difficult transition for him to, or I mean, not a, diff- a difficult road maybe is the b- best term for it to get to a championship, but that it makes a very good team like over the top. It's kind of what I wanted the Bills to do. That's why I like the Bills in that situation, but, um, I don't know, man. I, I really like it. I think it's a good, it's a good landing spot. And uh, I, w- I was really happy with it. But just think about poor Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson has to face um, – he has to face Bosa. <laughs> he has to face Watt. He has to face Chandler. And he has to face Aaron Donald like with a shitbag offensive line. That's going to be a tough situation there. He's picking up the phone and he's getting traded ASAP. He's not dealing with that. Yeah. Not in his old age. Yeah, exactly. Um I don't. I don't think that he would want to. I, I would want to deal with that. That's for damn sure. I would want to be dealing with those type of pass rushers. But, eh. uh, but uh, for a couple hundred million, I would. Uh, I would shut my mouth, and I'd. I'd take it. But if I was getting paid his money, I would. I would. Yeah. I'd take it. It's. It, it's. It's easy to say when we're in in our position, but I, I, this guy's been spoiled and he's been there and done that and won a Super Bowl and been to another one. 
now he's just crying like the little bitch that he is up in Seattle. There are a bunch of bitches up there. So. I guess if we're going to transition, we might as well transition right now. I mean, that, that was one of the other, the other, um, you know, drinks on the, uh, on the uh, four pack. So, um, what do we think about Russell Wilson? What do we think about, um, him asking for, not really asking for a trade, saying he's not asking for a trade, but he's asking for a trade. You know, it's like, hey, these are the four teams that I'd like to go to. Um, it was the Bears, the Cowboys. Um, who are the other two teams? Oh, the Saints. Yeah. I mean, that Saints. The Bears, the Saints, the Cowboys, and fuck. Another team that's probably not going to happen, but. Um, Oh yeah, oh, the yeah, Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders. Teams with all that that all have starting quarterbacks. Um, I don't know, man. I, it's it doesn't seem like a likely situation for me to see him getting traded. He's complaining about getting sacked all the time, but he holds the ball like the thirty first most out of any quarterback in the league. He's held the ball his entire career. He also got hit the most in his entire career. So um, I can understand his frustration, but does that change if he has a better offensive line? I mean, I don't know. He holds the ball a lot, so. Uh, maybe it doesn't. And honestly, he's in a very good situation with uh, good weapons there. So is he going to find a better situation? If he got to the Cowboys, it may be, but. Mm. It's difficult, I think, with Russell Wilson, right? Like, he's what, well, like you said, the amount of pressure he's dealing with and within his division, it's going to be something that, especially at his age, you know, maybe you can look on a young quarterback to, uh, to deal with that, say for example, Lamar Jackson might be able to deal with that, but he's he's getting older. He's he's took so many hits now, you know. He needs to avoid it. So maybe getting out of that like situation in Seattle might be good for him in the long term. But if he wants to continue to succeed and win, and if that's what he's getting frustrated about, then he's probably still best to stay in Seattle. Um, it's weird though, right? Like he's one of it's it's like he's one of those plays where. I don't. I can't imagine him anywhere else. Like, even though there's been talks and even though there's been bullshit back and forth and rumors coming out, I still can't imagine him in this season coming out and going, "Yeah, fuck it. You know what? I'm just going to go to a different team and leave the culture I've sort of helped develop uh, here since what was it? You know, 2012, 2013, when he came in. And um, no, nah, I don't. I don't think he's in, in his best right. And maybe if he wants to. I think give it another year and if the situation still gets worse and you know he feels like this isn't the best fit for him give it another year and sort of take it I don't think right now is the best time for him there's a there is a lot of teams who are secure there's a lot of teams who've already got you know like uh Trevor Lawrence is already going to the dra- the, the Jags we know that so I think just give it that time see what you think and um let it play out but Russell Wilson could be a good fit in any team I think I feel like he's one of those players but um yeah, I hope he doesn't move because I think he should just give it that extra little bit of that grace period to settle down and uh, see if that's really what he wants to do or is it just something where he's being caught up in the mo- moment of all the shit and drama being like spewed by the media right now. Man, I, I, man, you're on fire, dog, for someone being from across the pond. I think you're hitting on a lot of good points. I'm going to go back to what I said in the last episode and – you got to kind of know the situation, Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson's starting to feel the pain, the page, the the Tom Brady pain. I think every quarterback in the league right now looks at Tom Brady and they want to replicate his success, but they want the money. And Russell Wilson, you want to cry about your contract. You want a big contract. You signed the biggest contract at the time when you signed your new deal. 
And then you want to cry about the, the, the situation that you're in. We've talked about it the last episode. If you're going to play for the Seahawks, if you're going to play for Pete Carroll, you're going to run the ball, you're going to play defense, and you're going to have a really shitty offensive line. And the thing is, is you can't cry and say, let Russ cook, let Russ cook, and want to throw the ball, and be in front of that shitty offensive line, dog. It's just not going to happen, especially in that division with the type of defenses that they're rolling out. If you want to have those type of stats, then you got to be willing to take the hit. And I think it's really selfish of him. And it's very controversial as agent goes, well, he's not asking for a trade. But if he was to be traded, here are these four teams. And I'm like, what the fuck? So basically, you you are asking for a trade. And you're throwing out, hey, these four teams, if you can, come out and trade for me. Number one, the Saints aren't going to do it because they're so far into the cap that I – Unless they were to cut a bunch of their talent and trade for him, I mean, they're going to be in such a giant hole. I don't think they're going to be able to win. The Cowboys already came out and laughed at that situation and said, Dak, we have Dak. There's no way we're going to go after him. If you're the Raiders, okay. John Gruden likes veterans, and I think maybe that's the most logical choice. But Russ, you're not going anywhere, man. Pete Carroll's like 87 years old. He's towards the end of his coaching career. Do you really think he wants to make a, a quarterback, you know, go go a different way right now? I don't think he does. I think he's mo- mostly doing it to try to influence the way that they draft or maybe some of the decisions they make in free agency. And I don't blame the guy. You've been taking these hits for all these years now, and now it's coming as a surprise. I think it's just more of a cry for help more than anything. Um, but I love it because it, it, it drums up drama in Seattle and makes me happy. But he's not the first Seattle player to come out. You got Earl Thomas. You got Richard Sherman. You got Marshawn Lynch. You got a bunch of other players that wanted the hell out of Seattle. And that whole good thing that they had going on, I think it's kind of running its course. And like you said, one more year of this bullshit and one more year of him him crying is going to get his ass booted, in my opinion. I don't know. I think he, I, I, if we're taking odds on it, I think he stays, right? Like he's staying in Seattle. There's not a very good chance of him going anywhere yeah. but Seattle because the landing spots that he gave to it. just aren't really any real reality. But, um, yeah, it just puts more dysfunction in an organization. It tarnishes what I always knew as Russell Wilson's kind of legacy. I always seen Russell Wilson as this like team guy. Like every time he was done with one of his interviews, he's like go Hawks kind of deal. Like he was this guy that was all about the team. He was the leader that you wanted in that situation. He's literally my favorite quarterback in the league right now since basically he came into the league. And um, I just love everything about him. I love his demeanor. I love how he tries to win. I love all of that. And now it just seems like the first sign of a, you know, a little bit bumps in the road. He's like, I want the hell out of here. I want to jump on all these other trains that all these guys like Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz and these other guys who are wanting to get traded off of their teams and find uh, the grass greener on the other side. Um, now Russ is just trying to jump onto that bandwagon. And um, I don't know. That's just not how the NFL it, it usually is. You don't usually see these caliber of trades in the NFL. And it's kind of strange to be seeing these caliber trades. It makes me more excited as a fan um, to see these type of trades. but. 
as a uh, um, like a, a old school type of fan, it's kind of strange. You know, I like to see uh, Russ retire a Seahawk. You know, that's that's I imagine him as a Seahawk. I see him as a Seahawk, and I'd like to and I'd like him to retire as Seahawk. Um, I think he has to own up to a part, uh, some of that, um, those sacks, you know, the way his, the type of football he plays, he's always looking for a, a shot downfield. He's never checking down, you know, he's, he's mobile. So he knows that he can, you know, elude some of those tackles and he, he takes some of those sacks. It's kind of, kind of like the Ben Roethlisberger effect. Roethlisberger does the same thing. He sits back, he takes shots and, um, he can't blame his offensive line when, when they give him that solid, a uh, couple seconds to to get the ball loose and he doesn't take the first read, you know, that's open. So, um, I don't know though. Uh, I think he's going to have a tough time though. Now adding JJ Watt over there, uh, he's going to see even more pressure. And, uh, but I, I really think that he's going to stay a Seahawk. Do you, do you think, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that this whole quarterback drama in the NFL is kind of getting out of hand because it seems like it's kind of like a popular thing to do right now is for all these quarterbacks to force trades like it, it seems like it's a popular thing to do right now i i kind of think um yeah that, no, no i agree um i kind of think that it's um i don't know that it's necessarily like getting out of hand i think that the way the nfl is right now it um that you need a franchise quarterback to be went to be a winner and they know their type of value you know these top echelon type guys they know what they're valued at and so they know that um, if they're not winning on this team, they're going to find someone else who's going to come after them, you know? So they can, it's that like classic thing where you get to, you know, you cry to mom and uh, if mom won't give it to you, you go to dad, like the other teams are dad, they're just going to take, pick them up. So, um, and, and I don't think it's going to end just because of the style of football that's, that it's all predicated on the quarterback now. What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm going to call this the, I'm going to call this the Brady effect, right? Now, I know there's always been drama with quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are always the, uh, you know, drama queens on the team. You never really hear other players bitch at the offensive line. Uh, Maybe some bigger players, but it's usually the quarterbacks who are, you know, complaining. But what I think has been such a big hit is people have saw a guy who's just went out. He's won his seventh, uh, seventh Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Jeez, I can't talk right now. He's won his seventh Super Bowl uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's gone and proved to everyone he can do it. And also what he's proved is that you sometimes don't need that organization. You don't need the team that has helped you get them six wins, uh, six rings. If you feel like you can do it on your own and you feel like your value is there, you can go and you can do that. And it's like the, I just feel like it's this effect, like Brady effect. It's like, well, Tom Brady just went and did it. You know, this guy has won six Super Bowls. He said he's put his foot down. Hell, why shouldn't I put my foot down? And I feel like it's a bit of a, a bit of a roll on once, you know, like once one player at position starts asking for more money, everyone else starts asking for more money. And when you see the greatest to ever do it say, I don't need to be in this situation. I can do better if I go somewhere that's going to treat me better. Everyone else goes, shit, you know, we lost a couple of games. I don't like the moves that the, uh, coaches and the GMs have been making. I can go somewhere else where they will appreciate me and I will win. And I feel like that's something that a lot of quarterbacks are now looking upon is, hell, well, if Tom Brady's done it, I can do it. So I think it's like a little roll-on effect from from what's uh, what's gone on down there in uh, 
in New England and what's gone on down in Tampa, really. So, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. There will always be bitching and always be drama in the NFL, but I think a lot of it's come from just seeing Brady's success and how he's handled it and players are like, well, it's on the table, right? Why not? Why not do it? Yeah, no, I, I like that uh, analogy for sure. Um, it's always happened around the league. You know, there's always a position that gets kind of inflated. I think uh, a running back was the position that got inflated uh, salary-wise currently um, because of, you know, the Le'Veon Bells, the Todd... It probably started actually with the Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley got that first contract. And then after Todd Gurley got that contract, then Mm -hmm. it was, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell was fighting for that contract and he held out and it kind of... And now, but we did see them kind of put the kibosh to that. You know, they... Ezekiel Elliott pushed yeah, it I mean, uh, I, I mentioned him, but they, um, uh, I think that they kind of finally put a kibosh at and they know that, hey, we can get any running back to come out of the league and run for three years and then end their contract and then, you know, go draft somebody else. They don't have to take on these guys. We're looking at guys like Todd Gurley and we're looking at guys like um, Melvin Gordon who are like 27 years old and acting like that they're ancient, you know, 50-year-old running backs now. But to be honest, I mean, they're still young and then back in the day, <laughs> We would love 27-year-old Adrian Peterson. You know, we would love to have 27-year-old, uh, I don't, uh, LT, you know, like these are the type of guys that we would be happy to have. And now we're just trying to find a landing spot for these guys. So the running back, they were able to correct that. And I'm hoping that the quarterback's able to uh, correct that eventually too. I mean, there might be a surplus of quarterbacks coming through the league. We might see a, a, a lot of success out of like, uh, the, the quarterback class this year, um, five capable quarterbacks. And if these NFL quarterbacks who are already on roster see that these guys have already had success, they know that they don't have as much leverage and they can't, they, you know, Hey, you don't want to play for us. Okay. We'll, we'll get rid of you. We'll grab somebody else who wants to play for us. So, um, it might be a little bit of wishful thinking because the quarterback position is much more, much harder to replace than a running back position. That's been always been, um, for time, you know, the, the, um, the entire time I watched the NFL, you know, you have a solid quarterback. You're just going to be good unless you are Trent Dilfer. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my take on, on that part. James, you had anything to add? No, not really. I just, I don't know. I think, I think the game's evolving and I think maybe Russell Wilson at 32 is looking at Tom Brady and he's starting to see like, I can have a more longer viable career and he's looking too far into the future and instead of what he has in front of him right now. And 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 like I already aforementioned, I think he's it's more of a cry for help than anything else. And he's trying to influence the organization to do some moves. And they would be wise. They would be absolutely wise in this offseason to maybe go out and go get him like a Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley is the top center that's going to be out on the market. Go sign a Corey Lindsley, get him a a true and try center and in the draft, maybe supplement a little bit more. But the only thing that kind of makes me upset about it is he cried about it before and they go out and trade for someone like a Dwayne Brown and Dwayne Brown comes in at left tackle and angers his offensive line. Like it's not like they haven't trying to be, they haven't tried to make moves to make him happy, but I think he's just trying to use what leverage that he has and, and push it a little bit more forward. Look, this. One thing I'm going to say is we're 32 teams in the NFL. There's 53 players on a roster. At each position, maybe there's a depth of three, depending on where you are. Quarterback, you know, there's only one real quarterback. And these guys have got to be competitive 
to get into the NFL, right? Now, what that means, if they're going to be competitive to get in the NFL and play, is it's going to, it means that they're going to be very competitive when it comes to their salary and what they think they're worth, right? Those guys are some of the most competitive athletes, human beings, and I'm very sure that carries on into their, you know, their lives outside of football. When they're thinking about money, they're thinking about family. And I feel like it's, you know, like we just said earlier, it's, it's one of those things where if, you feel like you're better than what other people are telling you and you've got that competitive mindset, especially if you're a starting quarterback who for all their life in college and uh, probably high school as well and now in the NFL, they've just been people who just licked their buttholes and said, you're so great, you're so great and now people aren't listening to you. Well, you're going to be competitive and you're going to say, shit, well, I deserve better and it's a very competitive league and they're going to be very competitive when it comes to their money and that's why we are seeing players stand up and go shit i'm not, I'm not going to be here if you're not going to listen to me god damn it i wish someone would lick my butthole this is the uh <laughs> Mehmet, you did it first you uh you had the first mention of butthole licking on our podcast and uh um you popped that uh proverbial butthole cherry yes. so uh, we thank you for that uh i wish i had a uh, <laughs> uh any more of this beer um to drink to that um, I think that this is almost a good time for James. I wish you would have went and got your, I'd seen you ran off. I thought maybe you were going for that, uh, that, uh, shot, but it didn't look like that you came back with any bottles. So. Wait, where's... Oh, give me one second and I'll be we'll right transition. back. Go ahead and yeah, we'll transition. Okay, we're right going to transition into the next topic while James goes and grabs his, uh, Jaeger bottle. So, uh, the next topic Ooh. that we had, um, I don't know if you've seen this member, but I'm sure you have, uh, avid football analyst, um, the 17 game season proposal. So that should be, I mean, for me as a football fan, excited, right? You want more football. That's always what you want. Um, for me as a kind of traditionalist and wanting to keep things the same, it kind of is going to be tough to analyze, uh, stats, you know, like, uh, all time stats, all time rushing stats. 2000 yards is that actually going to be a mark that's going to be you know something that people are running backs trying to attain um that would be kind of like my only um real detriment to it uh as a fantasy football guy gives you more time to play so i love that as well so 17 games Mehmet, how do you feel about that they say that it's a is about as good as good as going to happen in 2021 so um you'd like to see it you wouldn't like to see it what 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 are your rationale um, I would look, we're all football fans at the end of the day. And most importantly, we're not the ones busting our ass on the field. Uh, so we can sit there for an extra game a season, a regular season, and we can watch some football. Uh, obviously, as we know, we're all avid fans of alcohol. So there's an opportunity for you to sit down on a Sunday and have another drink and not, go, not get complained up by the missus. You know, it's, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Let me watch my football. So, uh, it's always a day of, a day, a day of uh, rest, a day of uh, a day of football. So if you're giving me that extra day, fuck yeah, I'm happy for it. Um, the players though, they might not be the stats. They can get a bit altered. Uh, I hope that they keep the integrity of the game and don't use the final week to just like all the final two weeks to just heavily rest players. Um, maybe it makes it less competitive towards the end, down the end of the stretch. Maybe other teams, it's more competitive because you still got that chance to sneak into the playoff spot, you know, with that extra game. But it's more football, it's more drama. And when you've got all of that combined into one and you, you put it into a ball and you mix it, I mean, as a football fan, I'm not going to say no. 
So I'll take an extra game. And uh, yeah, they can, I mean, they get paid the millions, right? They can, they can play and they can sort that out between themselves. I'll just sit and watch them hit the shit out of each other. Shit, before James resp- replies, it looks like he's ready for that. Uh, what did you call it, man? What was it uh, have a shot? Raise a shot? Huh? Was it raise a shot? What did you say? You said you said that I said I, I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I might have said it out of a slip. But you said I said um, shit, I can't remember now. It's only been one. It's only been only been one can, and I already can't remember my uh, what I said. Well, there you go. Raise a shot to the come on to German cough syrup. Yeah, it tastes nice. I haven't got a shot glass. I can just use the there lid. We go. <laughs> That's a straight savage right there, Mimic. You're going to shoot the lid? Yeah, why not? Fucking shoot, shoot your life away. There you go. Bottoms bottom. up. Let's go. To you, to, to, to England, to the Patriots fans, out in Nottingham and around England, this is for you. And his- um, this is also for all the German cough syrup uh, people this. that have created this formula. Jaeger Meifer. Fucking- and, uh- Fucking deer on the bottom. Let's do it. Is to the Cowboys not winning another Super Bowl for about 20 years. <laughs> Cheers. Fuck you, Emmett Smith. Let's go. Oh, man. There it is, buddy. I like it. Mehmet looked like he loved it. James looked like he loved it. Both of them had a very kind of like tart looking face. But, uh, um, it's my face in general. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. James, what do you got to add to the 17-game uh, season proposal that is pretty much uh, what I what I keep reading is it's like almost locked up. What do we what do we think? Call me a traditionalist, call me somebody that loves even numbers. Call me whatever the fuck you want. I am against the 17-game season and the reason that I am is I just the reason that I love the NFL is that it has such a small number of games. When you go to the MLB and the the sport that I love second most than I do football, I would say football is like 99, 98, maybe 95 at the <laughs> least of my love. And baseball would be about 5% is I don't love the number of games that are played in baseball, and I don't love the number of games that are played in the NBA, and I don't love the number of games that are played in the NHL. What I love is there's 16 games, and every fucking game counts, and every game is full of drama. A missed field goal gets me fucking just insanely pissed off because every little move, it's a game of inches. Every little tiny move that you make or any little tiny mistake that you make can cost you a, a game. In 16 games, it has to be mistake-free. And if you add another game, like you said, I understand from your point of view that it adds another game of drama. It adds another game of possible playoffs or w- whatever you want to look at it. But the fewer the games for me, the better because it just makes it count that much more. And you have a tried and true formula. And I think it's more for the owners than it is for the players. And I understand the players are making millions, but fuck the owners. Fuck you, Jerry Jones. Fuck you, Robert Kraft. (laughs) Fuck any of you that I haven't mentioned. This is for you. And it's not for the players. And it's in, in maybe it's for the fans, but for me, 
I want fewer games because I want every single game to count. And if you open this can of worms to 17 games, eventually they're going to 18, 19, 20. Keep the shit where it is. Quit fucking with the game. It's perfect the way it is. 16 is an even number. And this traditional tr- traditionalist that's right in front of you, Mehmet, says, fuck all that bullshit. Let's just keep it the way it is. I don't know, man. I think that uh, uh, you're definitely in the minority uh, on that uh, on that take right there. Uh, people love football. That's they love to watch it. football. They love football all year around. And they want to. I mean, we're doing a damn football podcast. March 1st. We're sitting here March 1st and we're talking about football because of the love of the game that we have. March 2nd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mehmet. March 2nd for Mehmet. Um, I mean, it's March 1st or 2nd for us here and we're doing a fantasy football football podcast. That is crazy and that means that we love it that much. So, that's the pressure that's on the owners. That's the amount of money that they're just looking at like that we could flush down the drain. Hey, let's have four weeks of... Uh, of um exhibition games well let's just scratch one of those and let's add a let's add a um another game on the end of it you know there's the risk potentials there no one wants to play in those stupid preseason games anyway that's what i assume happens is they cut one of those guys um i don't except for the undrafted and the late rounders they definitely want those preseason games what what do we what do we miss out of that i mean how many times we miss one james harrison out of the out of the whole thing like with these undrafted guys don't I don't know. Ask Mehmet and his Tom he wasn't, Brady. He wasn't undrafted. That, that dude, and him. he would have got his shot no matter if they had a preseason game or not. He didn't. He didn't outwork Drew Brees in the preseason. He, he Drew Brees got snapped in half on the side. I mean, not Drew Brees. I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe in the preseason. He got snapped in half on the sideline, and then uh, here, here comes old Tom Brady rushing out that way. So that didn't matter. I want to say he was like the fourth or fifth string quarterback going into that that his rookie season. Fourth string, fifth string? Did you say what? What team is carrying? What yeah, team is carrying five he quarterbacks? He was deep on the day. No, no, there's no squad in the NFL that carries five quarterbacks. I, he might have been fourth. Then he passed them all, I guess, in the preseason. Then he would have passed them all in three games too. I don't think that it was going to take that last extra game. He definitely wasn't second. He definitely wasn't. Do you second. think the one I'm extra gonna, game it, got it, him there? No. God knows. I, I, I'm looking go. it up He's right now. Up. I'm a. Oh, while, while you're looking it up, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do what you requested, and I am gonna call you a traditionalist. And I think one of the reasons that you say that uh, we should have less games, I think you said the less games there are, the more drama there is, and more everything count so if there was one game obviously everything would ride and die ride and die on that one game so going back to the uh slaughter of the cowboys and just how bad that organization is i think personally it's just because you don't want to see your cowboys lose against uh another team and see your team go lower in that trash division as it already is and if you can see them for one game and you can only say we them boys for one that one game a season i think that's what i think that's what makes it happy for you and i think that's I think that's why you don't okay. win 17 games. Okay, I love you. I love you, man. <laughs> fuck you, Mehmet. Tom Brady started the season as the fourth string quarterback I, behind I said that. I said that. I said that. Back up John Freeze and Michael Bishop. So Tom Brady needed those fucking. You think, you think he won it? Whatever. In that last game. Four preseason games to prove I'd his really ass love to see roster. his last preseason game and what the stats were that won him that job. The last preseason game. I'm looking at it after, 
And I guarantee it was like, you know, four passes for 18 yards or something like that. Come on. No one's winning shit in the, in the, I saw something. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. But, uh, I think the the general training camp, that's the big thing for me. There you go. See, hey, Improve yourself. Just so you know, the Cowboys play the Patriots next year, and then me and you can revisit this whole conversation, Mehmet Smith, uh, and we'll see what happens, dog. Well, well, let's, let's, revisit, let's revisit the season before this season. Maybe. Okay. Okay. We'll see what we'll see what happens. <laughs> they dog. played last year. Maybe the last game. Maybe the last time. Yeah. 2019, yeah, 2020 last time season. we played, you guys also had Tom Brady, bitch. <laughs> I would still beat you. We'll still beat you I don't know if if can, if you uh, guys might not even have Dak Prescott. Um, this is a if they don't story. have uh, Dak Prescott, it'll be a pretty even match though, because Stidham uh, or Newton or whoever they're going to try and toss out there um, are going to be as good as Andy Dalton. No, Andy Dalton's a free agent. It's a uh, it's that it's that rookie. Ben Ben Benucci's coming ben at your ass, boy. Yeah, he's not. Oh, I don't shake it. That remember when you were talking about absolute shit games earlier? I would not watch a Ben Dunanucci and uh, Jason or is Jason Stidham, Jared Stidham. I would not watch that game. For- Unfortunately for Ben Benaducci, he shit his game up so bad. His his first start, I. I don't know if he even makes our <laughs> roster this year. Oh, man. All right. We've talked enough about the 17 years. We're going to get to the last brewski in the four-pack. Um, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, I have five players here uh, that are coming into a free agent year. Uh, they can be – we're starting to come up to the deadline for the uh, franchise tag. I think that you can start talking to them on the 23rd, and you can March, March 9th, 17th. actually. March 9th as the is the deadline for it. Um, so we got um, – Five players, first guy, we might as well go with uh, Dak Prescott. Um, I'd like to know, would you guys like to see him hit the market? Would you like to, uh, fantasy-wise, we're looking at this only in fantasy-wise, not as NFL, not what we want for the team, but fantasy-wise, would we like him to stay where he's at and help the, the, the people around him? Or would we like him to hit the market, test the market, and see what's going on there? And do we think he could be franchise tagged, or do you think they come to some sort of contract? The only praise the Cowboys are getting in this podcast from me is that I feel like that's the best situation if you're in terms of fantasy football for uh, Dak Prescott. Great offense around him. Um, and we obviously saw the decline of... Now, I don't know how much... Uh, maybe you can bring your input in here, but I don't know how much the effect of having a Dak out and different quarterbacks in, did that affect Zeke? Because I know when I was looking at my uh, fantasy football, his, his production was, was down. Is that because of a locker room thing. Um, you know, Amari Cooper didn't have as many uh, touches. CD Lamb came out a little bit, but he probably would have done better if Dak was there. So I think that's the best situation for Dak in, uh, in terms of fantasy. So I'd like him to stay. I think the only thing the Cowboys should do is sign him to a uh, contract extension. You, There's no point messing around with the franchise tag because we saw how that worked in this offseason and uh, with last year. Um, end up forking out loads of money for him to get injured and for the price of quarterbacks to go up and all this kerfuffle. So just pay the man the money. Like He's proved that he is worth the money uh, and build continue to build around him because the only bit of praise, like I said, is that I feel like Dak Prescott is a very good point in the Cowboys. And uh, fantasy-wise, yeah, there's a good team for him and uh, everyone else around him. 
I agree with you. I'm going to use a Jerry Jones term that he likes to use throughout the years. He built, they built over in Dallas a Dak friendly offense. And I think it benefits both sides from a fantasy uh, point of view. You got Amari Cooper, you got Michael Gallup. You go out and you take the best player available with CeeDee Lamb. Um, you're missing the left tackle and the right tackle the whole year. And obviously Dak snaps his leg. If he comes back, I mean, you can't ask for better weapons. And I think maybe that's one of the only team, uh, only one of the only, um, reasons that, uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. Russell Wilson even mentions the Cowboys is because he's drooling at all those weapons that are over there in the offensive line that potentially can be in front of him. If Dak resigns over there, that's the best spot for him for fantasy football wise. Yeah, I agree. I think. There's no way they franchise him though, because like the franchise for just a single franchise quarterback last or this year was twenty six eight twenty four. This year they're they're predicting that it's going to be twenty four seventy two. Is this thirty five million? That's what I'm saying. So the I, there's no year. way that they do the the second one. I mean, they might as well just pay him and come to some sort of agreement on that. And then on Dak's side, is there any chance you think he signs that freaking that that deal, especially the injury that he took um, this year? That's that's like the worst nightmare for any guy who signs a franchise tag is to uh, sustain some sort of injury that could be career ending or could be a detriment for the entire rest of their career. So um, if if I'm Dak and they present me with another freaking franchise tag, I I don't sign that. There's no way I sign it. Um, I request a trade. I do anything I can. I levy on Bell that shit all the way 16 games or 17 games um, all the way through there. And uh, don't sign that shit. So, um, and it's obviously the best situation for everyone. I want him to sign because I believe in Zeke. And if you don't have him there, then I am very concerned about all of those fantasy assets. And there's really legit, like you got Blake Jarwin fantasy value that could happen. We have Amari Cooper. We have uh, CD Lamb. We have Zeke. Like it is a a fantasy plethora of players over there that could be affected if we have to see a Ben Dinucci or Ben Dinucci or whatever the hell his name is try and toss a ball over there. So I don't think anyone can support that team except uh, Dak. So I hope he gets back. Second player I got for you guys, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Bears last year. Um, to retain Allen Robinson and franchise tag him uh, last year, the wide receivers were going at almost $18 million. This year, they say with the reduced salary cap, uh, they'll be at about fifteen million. So, fifteen million to keep Allen Robinson there. Do you think he signs? Do you th- uh, a new contract? Do you think he he gets offered a uh, franchise tag, or do you think he goes finds uh, greener pastures? Green fields, maybe. That man deserves a lot better than what he's had to experience in uh in Chicago. And I feel like he's a player with a lot of potential, a lot of uh, potential that's sort of been hidden under this tarnished blanket of the shit situation the Bears have been in with quarterbacks in recent uh, recent years and I feel like he should go, he should venture out and he should show everyone his worth and why you know, he is a top player even though he's been around some pretty awful quarterbacks and not a very, you know, not a great situation um, I'd like to see him somewhere else where, I mean that highly depends on teams and what they're doing but I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that could scheme offensively and there's a lot of quarterbacks that would get him involved in their game a lot more than he will in Chicago. So I'd like to see him go somewhere else and I'd like to see his talents be 
taken to, as you said, like green pastures and see him sort of shine. I don't like seeing anyone in Chicago who I feel like has talent because it's very talentless down there and a lot, not a lot's been going on for them. So yeah, get, get your ass out there and, uh, have some fun. Show everyone what you're about. And I feel like he is a good receiver. We just, we haven't, we haven't seen his potential yet. I agree 100%. I don't have really much to add on to it. You know, Allen Robinson has been a top 10 wide receiver with less than uh, less than the best situation that he could have been in with any quarterback he's been anywhere. He's like a Brandon Marshall. He's like Andre Johnson. He's like any of those wide receivers that absolutely ball out each and every year with crappy quarterback play. Go get with a good quarterback and let's see this dude max out his potential. Plus, in that division, you got to go up against the Green Bay Packers. What benefit is it going to be for you to re-sign with the Bears? I'm not a Bear believer. And uh, from what you said, the Bears have never had a great quarterback ever in their whole history. Go find yourself a badass quarterback. Go to the Seahawks. Go to a team that has a good quarterback somewhere in a ball out, my guy. Yeah, I like the Packers as a landing spot for him for sure. I think that that would be a, a fantastic landing spot. I don't think it's going to happen because they refuse to bring Aaron Rodgers any type of help over there. But uh, the Packers would be a good landing spot. Um, I could see. I'd like to see him go back to the Jags. The Jags have a lot of cap space. Go home. They're going to get that quarterback. Ball out in your original team. And make sure you see him with Trevor Lawrence. I'd love to see that. I think that's really good. Um, next guy on the list, Aaron, Big Daddy Jones. Aaron Jones had two fantastic fantasy seasons for the Green Bay Packers. They seem to have drafted his uh, heir apparent. Um, both of the, the running backs who were there last year, besides A.J. Dillon, are up for free agency. I think the Packers would be smart. They would be smart to try and retain this guy any way they could, whether that's offering him a contract or just for franchise tagging him for one more year because he's electric. If you see him on the field, he is absolutely electric. He can catch the ball and make people miss. He hits the hole. He's great. Even though he's small, he's really, really good near the goal line. Like He is a fantastic football player, and I would love to see him uh, on this Packers squad. But... The likelihood of again of it coming back, I think that they're going to try and lean on AJ Dillon a little bit and see what they have there, and maybe pick up one of these cheaper free agent options and not have to pay Aaron Jones what 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 he deserves because the the running back market is a little high. So, fellas, what do you guys think? Yeah, well, uh, shout out to Aaron, aka Pacman. Uh, I've been speaking to a few of his um, few of his boys down in El Paso, Texas. So, shout out to his personal trainer Roberto. Godinez and Christopher Bustamante, uh, they both have high praise for him and how he is when he's in the off season. He's such a, a good worker. Um, I love the guy. I think he's one of those players that can excel. He's, he's very dynamic. Um, but I just feel like the issue is with him being in Green Bay is I feel like they're not afraid to, to cut their ties. There's already been talk about James White potentially going over to Green Bay. So they're already looking for, obviously James White isn't going to go there and probably be a, you know, number one running back could be the face of the franchise. I feel like they're going to try and incorporate AJ Dillon into this. And I feel like they feel confident what they got there. I feel like they let him walk. That's, I feel like they let him go to another team. Um, they're not going to franchise him. I don't think they pick him up. I think they, if they do sign James White and they have, they, you know, talks going good there. I feel like they have AJ Dillon as their starter. 
and they bring James White in. They have their running back sort of secured and they let him, they let him go off somewhere and uh, find new lands because he's one of those players. I think he is so, like you said, he, he does so many things well. No matter where he goes, he is going to shine. He is going to come up big and maybe a team who, um, struggled this year in terms of with running backs. For example, maybe the Bills. Um, their running back game wasn't crazy, but I feel like Josh Allen could have a, uh, he, he could do with having that outlet pass and someone who's going to be able to work their ass off to, uh, to get him into a, get the, get the team and offense into a good situation and, uh, potentially could take them to the next step. I feel like any team that picks him up would be a good fit. I just feel like the Green Bay Packers aren't going to keep him around and fantasy wise, wherever he goes, he's going to make plays. So, um, I feel like he should go somewhere else and, uh, yeah, show him what he's made of because he he can do he can do everything right in my opinion. I 100% agree with you, my friend. There's no way that he's going to return to the Green Bay Packers with their cap situation. They're over the cap. There's no way that he's going to bring them back. I like him. I'd like to see him go to the Patriots. Um, Dolphin seems like a very logical fit. They have a need at running back, but. How about the 49ers, man? If if he signed with the 49ers, that would be a match made in heaven. I don't see it happening, but that's just a place I would like to see. I know Nate would love it if he saw him at the Steelers. Um, yeah, I'd love it, but it's going to cost him like $8 million to, to retain them there just as a, like a, a uh, franchise tag. So what do you think his contract looks like? His contract has to be over that, I imagine. Yeah, that's why when you're looking at it, the Jags have the most cap space. Do they take a shot at them? The Jets, obviously, they have the second most cap space. That's a logical choice. Patriots, third overall. Colts already have their running back. Broncos have the fifth most, but they already have two running backs. Do the do the Washington football team make a run at them? They have a young running back in, in Gibson. Bengals, they, they just signed a homeboy to a huge contract. Panthers. CMC, Chargers, no. Dolphins is the next logical choice. Um, I don't know. It's a toss-up. I think it's the Jags, Jets, Patriots, or Dolphins that make a run at him. But like he said, um, I think he's going to be successful no matter where he goes. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just going to put this out there. Um, so from what, what I've heard and what I've conversated between uh, people uh, off um, two places that I think are likely for him to sign is my main place that I've got the vibe that he would be willing to go to is the Dolphins and anywhere near El Paso, Texas is going to be a, a, any team near Texas or down south because there's homegrown routes are going to be a place for him to go in and venture out. So watch out for the Dolphins and anywhere down near Texas on what I've heard for Aaron Jones. There we go. Insider scoop right there. Dolphins or... Uh, anywhere in Texas, <laughs> maybe go to the Cowboy. They get a little swap for a little Zeke. Get Zeke out of there. No, maybe I don't know. All right, we'll get to the next guy. It goes to the Texas. We'll go to the next guy. We uh, we'll go to Kenny G. Kenny G. Kenny Galladay. Um, I don't want to see him retained by the freaking uh Lions. I think that would be an awful spot for him. Um, I hope they don't franchise tag him. I don't see why they would. Um, they're not going to be competitive. I think that trade indicated that, that they, they were looking to completely rebuild. Um, Kenny G is probably, I think, like a 26-year-old receiver. Is he right in there somewhere in that age? He's a 
he's not old, but mm-hmm. he's not young. He's probably not. He's going to be out of his prime probably by the time that they're rebuilt and they have a, a solid quarterback in the situation. So I'd like to see him go somewhere else. Um, I hope that they don't re, uh, do it, and I don't understand why they would. But he's an option. So do you guys think that he gets franchise tagged? Where would we like to see him go if he doesn't? No, I don't see him being franchise tagged. Um, maybe in FC, it would be nice for him to have like a little reunion maybe with uh, Stafford. Maybe he joins what they're doing down there in the Rams. He's one of those players, like you said, he's not too old. He's not too young. He's like in that sweet spot of like a of a of a prime wide receiver. He's he's in his best years right now. Uh, so a lot of teams could do with him. I've always liked him potentially going to the Patriots and adding a bit of talent to that depleted wide receiving core. Um, but I won't be surprised if uh, I mean if we see that little reunion with with him down in the Rams because the Rams are a team that. I think if they want to get to that second stage, they've got that defense, they need that offense. So having depth at that wide receiver core would really put them in the best the best position to succeed. Have someone around Stafford who is used to him and has been around him would put them in the best place to succeed. Being with the Lions, I think we can all agree as a group and all the listeners could agree would not be the best situation for him. And even Lions fans will probably agree with that. I mean, I don't like seeing players being put in shit situations because of teams like uh, and having their best years taken away from them. So him just staying there, in my opinion, would just take away his best years and uh, ruin what he's got. I feel like he can go to uh, new places and uh, make a lot of people smile. Making a lot of people smile. Yeah, that's it. James, do you have a uh, preferred spot for Mr. Kenny G? Anywhere but the Lions. I don't like the Lions, and it's the same logical choices. The Jaguars, the Jets, and the Patriots have the most cap space to make it happen. The Washington football team, they can they can use another wide receiver there. Sure. I would like to see a breath of fresh air and actually see the Patriots go out and pay some position players. They are really lacking and hurting on offense. Can they get a running back? Can they get a wide receiver? Come on, man. Go out there and sign Kenny G., He's only going to be 27 years old. And for in wide receiver years, that's still very young. Go make a move. Get a number one wide receiver. Change the dynamic of your offense. I could see him signing anywhere. He's he's going to go. If he gets free, if he doesn't get the franchise tag, he's going to take the best money available, in my opinion. And uh, any of those top three teams, the Jags, the Jets, or the Patriots, makes sense to me. I like the Browns. I think it's kind of like a hidden... One, if they if they can somehow cut ties with uh, OBJ or get out from that, or even have OBJ. Um, what what about the Colts? The Colts have the fourth most cap space. You go out and get Carson Wentz. Go get T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. He's he's going to hit the road. Go out and get yourself a normal wide receiver. What do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, I like that? that too. I like I like that. I think that's a that's a great landing spot. But I think you can you can put any of these wide receivers like Juju Smith Schuster or the next guy we're going to talk about right now, who Chris Godwin. You can kind of uh, shoot them to the Colts, and that's a great landing spot for any of them. I think um, I'm kind of anticipating that to happen. I haven't read anything because the Colts are quite frugal with their money, and they'd like to uh, use it in other places. Um, and they probably think they're in a good spot with uh, Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. in the wide receiver room. Maybe go out and draft one of these guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe they get one of these young wide receivers in the draft, but uh, but I'd love to see Kenny G or maybe even Chris Godwin um, go over there. But fellas, now Chris Godwin, um, we saw what they, this is the only guy that I really 
see them franchise tagging. Like out of all of these guys that we've named, this is the guy that I really see an option for them to do it. Um, make another run, uh, uh, unite those wide receivers again with Tom Brady, your boy, and uh, and and really make something happen here. And Chris Godwin is the dude. Like he he's the I think he's the glue that held all these wide receivers together. Um, maybe they can you know bring back Antonio Brown and he can kind of fill those shoes. But honestly, I think Chris Godwin's the guy who goes to the middle. He's the one who makes those tough catches. He's the guy that he was turning to in those key situations. Um, they need him to keep this cog going. I think um, he's a, he's a vital piece. So I could really see them franchise tagging him right here. I don't see them offering him a huge contract, and he's going to demand that if he gets to free agency. So, what about you, fellas? What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely agree with what you're saying uh, in terms of him being one of those. Uh, let's let's be honest. Brady's going to have a big say in what happens in this offseason, especially wide receiver. It's like LeBron in the NBA, right? He always has a, a word in there. And I feel like Bruce Arians is one of those guys who's going to listen to Tom Brady. So it's going to be down to Tom Brady in in terms of, does he feel like he is a good fit? And he, I mean, it's, it's a franchise tag. You're there for one year. Tom Brady's there for one year on his current contract. They want to go back to back. It would be a complete change around from the organization they was to now. And I feel like if you want to get two Super Bowls in quick succession, if you want to get two Super Bowls in general right now with the pieces you've got around you, you're going to be in the best position to. So I say, while the opportunities are there, take it, get your Super Bowls, get to a happy place, uh, take the advantage of having the best to ever play and some amazing players around him and go back to back and challenge for it. You're in the best place you will ever be. So uh, sign him to that one year and then, you know, see what happens after that. But take him on that one year spot and pay him some money because this is your time if you're the Bucks to go back to back. Probably the, the only time they'll ever get to go back to back, in my opinion. So game. If, if you're the Bucks, I'm going to make a Led Zeppelin reference right now. England, greatest country ever to uh, put out rock bands um, through and through. I'll give you that, bro. Um, Thank you. You don't want to break up the band right now. Right now, you have such a good thing going on, and Chris Godwin is such a vital piece of that offense. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady have a, a finite, limited amount of years left into what they can be successful, and I think both of them want to push it to the absolute limit. And if you want to push it to the limit, you can't subtract Chris Godwin away from this scenario. And he's already come out and said, I'd be more than happy to play on the franchise tag. And I think that some of that is is ha- being drunk from that uh, Super Bowl victory. So uh, good for him if he's all hyped up to to get franchised and be back on that team. But he's already put out there that it would be a good vibe for him to come back no matter what, whether it's through a contract or through a franchise tag. And no matter what happens, for sure, this is a done deal. He's not. He's either going to sign a contract or he will be franchise tagged. This man will be back in a Bucks uniform next year. There we go. That throws a nice little bow on this uh, beautiful episode. Mehmet, thank you for joining us. Tell all the listeners out there where they can uh, where they can find old Mehmet Smith and his uh, podcast and all this great information. Can can me and Nate join one of your episodes? Can I join one of your episodes? I'd love yeah. to be on your episode. Yeah, why not? Why not? We uh, we'll have to find some shit talking we can get done in the off season. <laughs> 
Can I just say that I will not be on at 3.30 in the morning, though, like you are, though. You're crazy, bro. I can't believe you're you're up this late. This is how dedicated this man is. This is how rabid and crazy that the fans over in, in, in England are right now. I almost said New England. Did you hear that? In England are going absolutely batshit crazy over football. And I can't tell you how proud and how I how excited I am to have you on our podcast because it just shows the outreach that the NFL has. And uh, this is my favorite sport by far. And I just love to see it, its fingers reach that far. And to have you on our episode, it is an absolute honor. Um, I, I still don't understand the whole Patriot thing, but whatever, bro, we're just going to roll with it. The New England, so Old England with the New England on our on, on Fantasy on Tap. And uh, one day, hopefully soon, you're going to hear me on one of his podcasts talking mad shit <laughs> with uh, one of one of the the New England Patriots from the states on his episode. Let's do it, bro. There you go. And he's running on a uh, completely just McDonald's and uh, ciders and Jaeger right now. So at three in the morning, that's pretty rough. That's a straight savage. No, I'll, as a, as a, the British like to adapt adaptation our blood thickens our heart slows down and our bodies go into relaxed mode at this time and we thrive um we thrive on we thrive on being up late and lots of alcohol that that's that's how we roll um going back to your you don't get the new england thing hey i don't get the cowboys thing either but we roll with it and we let it go um but no i appreciate it and uh yeah we the scene in the uk is going to continue to grow uh and just watch out for a lot of talented and young players uh, who are grinders as well and finally being given the position to play the sport they want to play in the US so look out for a lot of young uh, talent coming out of the UK with uh, some big names who are going to ball out Mehmet I'm going to offer offer this to you right now on air on this episode I have a $100 redraft league if you're interested I'd love for you to join it get a real taste of what fantasy football is all about. So if you want to join my league, you let me know. We'll do it off air, and I'll, and I'll send you that invite, and you'll see what it's like to be with the fucking big boys and see what okay. fantasy is all about. Okay. Well, if I don't come last and I uh, I show some people up, then you're you're gonna quit fantasy football. If that's a deal, Damn. right? If you're if I go if I'm above you in the rankings, you've got to quit fantasy football. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That goes to everyone who everyone joins the league. Got to quit football. I'm in that league. Or you have to buy I'm in like that league, and I'm not I'm your not rival quarterback shirt. <laughs> you got to buy. You've got to buy a. Uh, oh, I think a, you've got to buy someone's shirt that you absolutely hate. Well, I know about fifty Damn, of fifty you, of those people that he absolutely it? hates. He probably, but like, no, nah, he doesn't hate Eli Manning that much. Uh, who is he? Only because he fucking took down that piece of shit Patriot yeah. Tom Brady twice. That's the reason. That's I love the jersey you would have but... to buy, Mehmet, right there. We'd have to send you an Eli Manning jersey right there. <laughs> yeah. half, I can respect half that. I can respect that. And have Eli jersey for fucking Mehmet. There we that's go. for sure. All right, before we let this thing run on and on and on, Mehmet, tell the, tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, well, you can find us on all social medias, uh, the big ones. Instagram at across the underscore pond. You can find us on Twitter at ATP Sports Media. Finally, on Facebook, where we're not that uh, consistent, but we still try at the Across the Pond uh, podcast. Uh, you can find us on there as ATP Podcast. 
And you can go Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. You can catch ours as well just by typing in the Across the Pond podcast or just go to the link in any of my uh, social medias. You'll find us there. And, um, yeah, if you want to take a listen, feel free. If you don't, feel free to, to listen to this one. But, um, yeah, if you come around, we'll uh, we'll welcome you as well, just like these guys welcome their listeners. So, um, if, yeah, if you want to come join and listen, uh, please do. We'll uh, We'll be happy to have you. Awesome. Thanks again, Mehmet. Uh, thank you, all of the listeners, for the F to the O to the T. We appreciate every single one of you. Take it away, Jake. Do, 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 do.